This is the Mend It Paths podcast with Chadwick Hayward, episode 23. Hi, Pathmenders. Thanks so much for tuning in to the 23rd episode of the Mend It Paths podcast. This week, I'm speaking with Heather Goodwin. Heather has struggled with her weight all her life. She has tried all manner of diets and has lost over 100 pounds on three separate occasions. At her heaviest, Heather weighed 436 pounds and had the many health issues that go along with being that heavy. Today, Heather is over 200 pounds into her journey to lose 300 pounds. Listen as she shares her story of how she was able to mend her path and finally get back to better. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thank you for asking me to be on your show. Oh, it's great. You have such an incredible story. Oh, thank you. It's been a long journey. (laughs) So you were telling me backstage that you have been trying diets for as long as you can remember, essentially. Do you want to maybe take us back to the beginning and tell, tell us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So I know I was born at my ideal weight, and that is pretty much the last time I ever saw it. So I was a cute, chubby baby, and you know, it's adorable when you're a toddler. But by the time I got to elementary school, I had a new title, which is just the fattest girl in the class. And I was always the fattest girl in pretty much all of my classes all through school. And, um, you know, I had loving parents that had not a clue of what to do for me. Um, (laughs) But they put me on my first diet when I was 11 years old. And I think I've been on pretty much, if you can name a diet, I've probably done it from the cabbage soup to Atkins to raw vegan. Um, I've pretty if there's a way to take off weight i have definitely tried it with varying degrees of success so i've taken off you know i'm not even kidding 40 to 60 pounds i've done at least 20 times and this oh, is wow. my third time of taking off more than 100 pounds wow so yeah so you know how there are some people that you know they get the plant-based message and they run with it and they take off all their weight and they live happily ever after um that's not me <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's not my story i am uh, i am perfectly imperfect in every way <laughs> so uh and i want people to know that it's okay you know if you take a straight path to get there or you take the long way around the mountain as long as you keep moving and keep trying and persistently striving you will get there also yeah so tell us about some of those earlier experiences um where you did initially have success like what what uh what types did you see the most success with, I guess, in your earlier years? Sure. Well, you know, starting with college, I read a book called Diet for a New America by John Robbins, and it blew my mind um, and turned me on to being plant-based. So, um, but I became a vegetarian at that point because I was really hopelessly addicted to um food. I was a food addict. I was compulsive eater. And so it definitely helped. And I, I probably took off 
you know, 60 or 80 pounds um, just from doing that. And, um, but, you know, I still had a lot of health problems from being overweight, but also I think from the dairy and the, and the meat and, and all of that. So gosh, I, I uh, was a member of Tops for a very long time, which is takeoff pounds sensibly. And uh, it's a lot like Weight Watchers. It probably would have worked a lot better had we not like all gone out to eat Chinese food after the meetings. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, I, um, I made very serious attempts. I'm joking somewhat, but this, it was the defining factor in my life, like I said, you know, the being the fat girl all through school and being bullied and um, then just having such poor self-esteem that maybe I didn't make the best choices in my life, you know, as far as relationships. And um, I wasn't able to be the mom that I wanted to be when my kids were little. By the time my daughter was born as the, when I went over 300 pounds. And so... <sighs> I, that makes me sad when I think about what it must've been like to have a mom who was that big and couldn't do everything that I wanted to do with the kids. Or if my kids got teased at school, all of that is just really painful to me now. And just makes me so grateful to be on the path that I am now. So when you, you said you had lots of success at times, um, but then obviously you would have gained the weight back if you were able yes. to lose a hundred pounds more than once. What made you fall off the wagon? You know, I think it's something that is really common with people that have, I will say more than a hundred pounds to go. It just takes a long time to get there. And, you know, the, even, the concerted effort that I've made just very consistently now it has been over two years just to get, you know, I've got, I'm, I'm 228 pounds down, but that it just takes a long time. And if you think about all the things that can happen in that long of a period of time that can set you, you know, off your path, um, that's what would happen is I would just lose steam and, a lot of times uh, before I figured out that I really was a food addict and specifically a, refer, uh, a refined carbohydrate addict. So my big um, triggers are sugar in any form um, and flour. Okay. And so while I was still including those in my diet, it always felt like I was hanging on by my fingertips because I may not have been eating the food, but I was thinking about the food, dreaming about the food, feeling bad that I couldn't have the food, pining for the food. So it was never a sense of peace um, like I have now with a more stable, healed brain. Um, so this that's one of the things that makes me feel like this is different. But yeah, I mean, if you think about people who say, I lost 20 pounds, you know, and in six weeks, sometimes I would lose 20 pounds in three weeks, but it just is such a long, it's such a high mountain to climb that you get tired and you get discouraged and a holiday comes. For me, it was always the holidays. It was uh, just a really hard 
time, just constantly confronted with temptation from the beginning of, you know, before Halloween all the way through to the new year. And so that would just throw you off course. And then by the time Uh, the new year came, you were, you were back up. And, you know, I went through a lot of stuff. (laughs) Um, I was, I was a single mom from the time my kids were uh, two years old and two weeks old. So uh, I was a single mom from that point on. And I was also later on taking care of my parents who were both dying of lifestyle diseases. Um, And that has made a big impression on me, you know, but the, I was taking care of everybody but me and I felt so bad. And one of the only things that would make me feel better would be to eat. I was medicating with food and, um, you know, when there's not a lot of money or (laughs) a lot of support, it's, it's an easy thing to grab for comfort. And, uh, until I learned how to comfort myself or love myself in other ways, that was what I kept going back to. Okay. And so these other times that you lost weight, did you find that your medical issues you were having were reduced or resolved at all? When I went raw vegan in 2010, um, was, I took off 140 pounds and it was magic as far as my health. Before that I had, um, diabetes. I had high blood pressure. I had to take three different blood pressure medications and my blood pressure was still high. I had cholesterol that was over 400 triglycerides that were just as high. And I used a CPAP to keep me from stopping breathing in the middle of the night, you know, and dying. Um, I was really a mess, but the defining factor in my life at that time was pain. I don't think I had slept well in five years because every position just hurt. I was just constantly in pain and I was taking ibuprofen every single day. I took so much anti-inflammatant, you know, that I gave myself a hole in my stomach and my esophagus and I thought that I was having a heart attack. And so when I went raw vegan... I finally got relief from all of that. And it was seriously like a miracle. Um, I no longer, you know, my uh, diabetes cleared up. I had no more pain. My asthma went away. My skin got clear because I had had really bad acne and eczema and uh, found out that was from the dairy, you know. And it just was like a miracle. And, uh, I just was preaching the gospel of raw vegan for a while because because it was such a healing path for me. And it, I just felt like I came back alive. And that's one thing I always want to encourage people is, um, you know, you could feel so much better when I see a really large person. I know what society says about that person, that they think that they're, you know, weak willed or that they're, you know, lazy or maybe they're not intelligent enough to make good choices about their health or, uh, you know, all of the stereotypes that people have. 
I just see a person in pain. I look, I can look at a person and I, and I'm like, wow, you are in some massive physical pain, not to mention the psychological pain that you're going through. Well, and the odds are stacked against them. Right. Right. And, and there I was trading, you know, years of my life for Snickers ice cream bars. And it's, it's not a good trade. It is not a good trade. No quality of life and length of life. Um, is and just being free of that compulsion now yeah so what was your what was your impetus back in 2010 to go raw vegan (laughs) it was the funniest thing so i have a friend and she was visiting from the seattle area and she um wanted to go to this particular restaurant in portland called the blossoming lotus where they had it was all raw at that time that they now have cooked vegan too but um she really wanted to eat there because she was a raw vegan and i just pictured raw bread dough and raw meat and i was like this is the most insane thing i can think of but I really wanted to meet with her. And so I'm like, sure, thinking, literally thinking to myself that I would find a fast food place on the way home. (laughs) (laughs) And so I went to this place and they had a live sampler platter, you know, raw food, live food, uh, sampler platter. And I tried all kinds of things and it blew my little mind because (laughs) it was so good. It was just when you don't cook things like garlic or um, just all the flavors were so fresh and so vibrant and it was, it was delicious. And I'm like, you're telling me that this is good for you. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was, I went home and just Googled everything that I could find about raw food. And uh, I found uh, a really great uh, website called raw food rehab and man, I was all in. It was, uh, I'm like, gosh, I could seriously eat this way. And when you're eating raw cheesecake and, um, like the raw nachos and just all this stuff, it became like a challenge to me. You know, how can I make a raw version, a raw vegan version of everything that I love? And so that was, that's, that did it for me. And it was really awesome. The thing that I, know now is that I was eating, um, you know, way too much fat and because I loved the avocados, I loved the oil, I loved, you know, the nuts. And so I was eating a really high fat, um, raw vegan diet, what they would might, some people might call it like a gourmet raw, but you know, it worked for me at the time because what I was going from was fast food three times a day. So it was definitely a step in the right direction yeah, for you. Yeah. Absolutely. And so that's what that's one thing I always tell people is go plant-based. Start by going plant-based and you know, if you have to be on vegan junk food to get you off of <laughs> your sad diet or whatever, that's okay. That's a transition. Yeah. Eventually you're going to want to clean it up, but just go plant-based to start. Um and if you are a food addict like like me and you know that you are, um, then I really, really encourage people to try cutting out the sugar and the flour because what I found was what I had always thought was a character flaw or that I was weak-willed or, um, you know, just 
that constant of why can't I make myself do what I, in my intelligence, know to do, you know, um, I found out that that was because the food is addictive and it's, it's no accident. They make it, the food manufacturers make it to hook us. And I have a really sensitive brain that gets hooked really easily and really thoroughly. And as long as I'm off sugar, I can be off sugar. Yeah. But the minute I get a hold of some, then it, um, it starts to call to me again. But the great thing is if you can get off of everything and get it out of your system, you, it will stop calling you. Yeah. Your body will adapt to a, to a new normal. Yes, exactly. And that is a miracle, you know, that someone can wave a chocolate chip cookie under my nose and I go, eh, I don't really want that. You know, I'm sure it would taste good, but I don't want it and get that out of my face. <laughs> yeah. Whereas before I would, you know, I might say no to it in front of you and then sneak and have it for the rest, you know, have go home and make a whole batch of Toll House and eat them myself. So I see. Just very different. So how long did being a raw food vegan last? Because it sounds like you're not entirely raw now. No. And, um, so what happened is that I became a full-time caregiver for my mom. I went and moved, um, back home to, to take care of her through the last stages of her life. And my mom was raised on, you know, Southern comfort food and she was dying. And I was like, you know what? You're a make a wish kid. You get whatever you want. And, um, so I used that as an excuse to eat whatever I wanted, because of course I was in a lot of pain too. And so, you know, I got off of the raw path. I kept trying to get back on it, but what I found was that in the incarnation of it that I was doing, it wasn't working for me anymore. Um, and so now while I eat a high percentage of raw food, um, I eat, for instance, a pound of leafy greens every single day. That's a lot. That's one of those, you know, family size, <laughs> um, big boxes of salad greens. I'll eat one of those every day. Um, so I definitely eat raw food and I love fruit still. Um, but I now have added in, um, some things that aren't raw, but are very good for you. For instance, beans and legumes. One thing that the longest, one thing that the longest lived people in the world have in common is that they eat a lot of beans yeah. in various, um, kinds. I also eat, um, sweet potatoes that are cooked, um, and I'll have um, whole whole grains like oat groats or brown rice. Um, and, you know, those things help keep me satisfied so that I can stay on it. So I'm not constantly hungry or feeling kind of hollow because without the nuts and the oils and the avocados and things that I was eating a lot of when I was a raw vegan, when I took those things away because it was no longer helping me lose weight and some people suggested go ahead and try the low fat, high carb, uh, raw vegan. I, I just couldn't stay on it. It wasn't, um, it just wasn't perfect for me. I do think that it's a great 
stage to pass through and it is a really healing diet, but I hardly know anybody that is still a raw vegan. This meant, you know, I can think of even a few YouTubers that are, um, and then everybody that I know personally, they we kind of feel like we passed through that stage, like that it was great for healing and it was, it was awesome, served its purpose. Um, but a, most people add back some cooked food at some point. Yeah. Cooked food are, is in general more calorically dense. So just eating exactly. the appropriate quantity of calories on a raw food diet can be challenging in itself. Exactly. And see, that was never <laughs> a problem for me because I had so much weight to go. But it did come to a point where um, I, I probably from compliance, I wasn't staying with it perfectly. But it also when I still continue to eat the nuts and the avocados and things like that, um, I was having trouble taking off more weight with it. It was as though I had gone as far as I could go with it and I needed to try something different. So everybody's different. And I, again, any, any plant-based diet that you can stay on and that, you know, is helpful for you. I, I just have nothing but support for people that want to try something. Yeah. Well, the standard American diet is so poor in every aspect. So any, any step away from there is a step in the right direction. <laughs> Absolutely. It's just, it's just poison. It's, that's the way I think of it now. Um, I am unexceptional now in that I will not eat even a bite of, of, uh, that because I consider it to be poison and because I'm so guarding and protective of my, of my abstinence. I, I'm finally on a good path. I can, I have this calm, stable brain, you know, my dopamine receptors are growing back um, <laughs> yeah. because they've done a lot of studies that show that the brains of people who are addicted to those simple refined carbohydrates um, look just like a person that's addicted to drugs. Their same parts of their brain are, you know, um, affected. And so by eating a healthful plant-based diet, I'm actually healing my brain and that is why I'm able to be in control. And, you know, that part of me that was so addicted to everything is calm and stable now. And I have such a peace. So when you uh, started taking care of your mom um, yes, and so you started eating more of that comfort foods, did your medical issues resurface at that point or? They really did. And I think I went and I started regaining weight, you know, and it, before it was, I had very much of a diet mentality that I'm either on a diet and I'm hundred percent on, or if I take one bite out of line, then, um, psychologists actually call it the, what the hell effect. I'm yeah. sorry. If I'm cussing. <laughs> cussing hell is not a cuss but, word. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. But it, it really is. Psychologists actually call it that. And it's, you know, I've, I was trying to do this thing and I made a tiny mistake. And so I must off. now eat my face off because I'm going to be back on the diet tomorrow, you know, and all bets are off. What, a, what do I want to have? And that is another thing that I've really uh, mastered, I guess, or at least I pray that I have, <laughs> is that I can now say, you know what, that wasn't ideal, but I am able to resume 
and get right back on. Like the next bite, I have little mantras that I say to myself, like next bite healthy, um, that's poison. I don't eat poison. I eat food. Um, and I have a really strong distinction in my mind between what is poison and what is food to me. And it really helps me to stay on the path because if you think of your, like one of my very favorite foods was pizza with, uh, with everything on it, right. All, all the meats and cheeses and stuff like that. And even if you were horribly addicted to a pizza, if I took a can of, you know, raid bug killer and sprayed it all over the pizza, you're still not going to eat it <laughs> no matter how good it looks or how good it smells. Just it knowing that it's poison <laughs> should deter you. Right. And so that is a way that, um, I can think about when I when I get those cravings, I just think of that as it's cheesy, but my inner child is like asking for something, but I need to protect her. Mm. I need to protect us and, from poison. And so it really is um, a, a good way to keep you on the path, even when you're tempted. Let's yeah. just think of that stuff as not food because it's not. And it's you know, it's Frankenstein's food. It's made in plants and there's scientists trying to make it more addictive. And I, Chadwick, one of the things I'd love to tell people is just their fat is not their fault. It is not your fault and it is not a character flaw. It's just a brain sensitivity. And someday people are going to prove this. I believe it. You know, there's already research going on, but we have so much shame and pain um, on so many levels for being really heavy. It is just devastating. I think we're going to look back in 50 or 100 years at this time and our descendants are just going to shake their heads. I really think so. They're, they're going to look at this period kind of like we look at prevalent tobacco use 50 right. years ago, right? And exactly. And just, you know, just like you shouldn't have waited for your doctor to stop smoking in the 50s. You know, some people, they would go to their doctor, their doctor smoked. If your doctor hasn't gone plant-based, to me, that's a sign that your doctor doesn't keep up with the latest research and doesn't know what the optimum diet is for human beings. Maybe you need a different doctor. <laughs> and the same thing with your dietitian, you know, or your personal trainer. There is clearly... Uh, a diet that makes people live longer and that diet is a plant-based diet so yeah so what got you back on board after after the setback with your mom there yes so okay so I was taking care of mom and mom was in the last stages of her life and um she asked me to to take care of myself and she actually made me promise and she said you know what I'm not going to be here to take care of you and you need to promise me that when I go, you will not let yourself fall apart. And I made that promise to my mom and uh, getting a little choked up. But I am so grateful that she asked that of me because no matter what has happened since then, and again, I haven't been perfect by any means, you know, um, I have definitely had setbacks and relapses and but I can never give up. I promise my mom. I promise myself, you know, and uh, so 
that is that got me back on the path. And uh, January 1st, 2015, it was a New Year's resolution. I was back up to about 361 pounds. That's exactly what I was at. And there's something magic to me about a fresh start. I love me a New Year's resolution. I know people scoff at them and they say, um, you know, only 19% of people have, are still keeping their New Year's resolution as of Martin Luther King Day. They say even by, you know, that early in the year, people are already done. But for me, it was the fresh start that I needed. And I had that promise to my mom and I got started again. And then that year I was able to take off 125 pounds. Oh, wow. And I started out the year back to raw vegan because, you know, that's what I kept going back to. Um, and somebody told me about uh, Chef AJ. She's a, she is a vegan chef and has a weight loss program that she advocates for that is specifically for food addicts. And that sounded like it was right up my alley. And so I joined that group and I have found it to be so helpful and it led to what I eat now, which is, um, I say it's an unprocessed whole food plant-based diet, which is a very big mouthful, but basically I eat fruits and vegetables. Um, I eat things like uh, whole, whole grains, specifically just oats and brown rice myself, because one of the things I had was some autoimmune stuff, some um, rheumatoid arthritis, and it just seems to be the I just seem to be sensitive to a lot of things. So I keep it to quinoa, brown rice, and uh, sweet potatoes and oatmeal, or like oats, usually oat groats instead of. So the more whole food a food is, that's what I opt for. So that's why I say I eat the oat groat rather than the more processed oatmeal, although it's great. But I definitely don't eat any flour at all. So no pasta, no, um, you know, bread or anything like that. I don't eat sugar and I don't eat sugar substitutes because those are actually even worse for you than sugar. And, and by that, you obviously mean added sugar because fruit has sugar. Yes, yeah, absolutely. So fruits are great. And that's, um, I like how Chef AJ says it. She says, um, it's the whole fruit and nothing, the fruit, <laughs> the whole fruit and nothing but the fruit. And um, I even try to avoid, I mean, not everybody has to, but I even will avoid like eating too many dates or something like that, just because it seems to trigger the the sugar addict in me if something is too sweet or too yummy. And I just keep my food really simple. We also, we don't eat any oil and that comes from um, Dr. Caldwell B. Esselstyn's research yeah. about how oil is very damaging for your endothelial cells in your heart. And I have no idea what that means, but <laughs> <laughs> endothelial, it's the, <laughs> they're the cells that line your arteries. So yes. your, all your veins, your vascular system. So the, exactly. if, if you eat oil, that gets inflamed and then it can um, essentially build plaque there. And then that can lead to strokes and coronary heart disease and all that terrible stuff. Well, thank you for the awesome explanation. <laughs> you know, sometimes I just have, I have respect for so many of these really amazing plant-based doctors. I love Dr. Gregor, yeah. um, especially nutritionfacts.org. And I have 
you know, just tons of respect for um, all these, you know, the pioneers, Yeah. all these doctors that are telling people how to actually heal themselves. And I'm free of so many prescriptions now, you know, um, I took three different hypertension medicines. I took a statin. I took a medicine for my triglycerides. I had another one for my migraines. Like I said, I lived on ibuprofen. Um, just, I was just a slave to the pharmacy and the pill bottle. And the thing is, none of those things make it any better. Yeah. They start, they relieve one symptom and cause another, you know, I had, um, horrible joint and muscle problems from the statin um just had bad reactions to almost everything that i took and i i now it's just the food it's just (laughs) i feel like every plant is medicine you know it's like god put medicine all over this whole planet and um Almost every single plant food is good for you and pretty much anything that's not a plant, it seems to be really bad for you. So Yeah. I, I think there are lots of plants out there that you probably shouldn't eat. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> let's but clarify. Don't just go out in the right. woods and <laughs> No, I I didn't mean that you should eat them either. But you know, they, they I do think of I do think of plants as medicine and sometimes the difference between a um a poison and a, a tonic is the dose, right? Yeah, you know, absolutely. So, Water can um, be yeah, poisonous. Yeah, I'm not going to go eat foxglove. <laughs> <laughs> Poison <laughs> ivy, probably not good for your salad. <laughs> so how much would you say you're saving on, med- on not purchasing these medications? Oh, my goodness. I have excellent health insurance because I work for a healthcare provider. Okay. But even the copay, even that $10 a month copays, um, you know, I was, I probably had 10 different things a month. So at least that. And then if you want to talk about savings, the food costs so much less when you're eating mostly brown rice and black beans and um sweet potatoes compared to milk and dairy and fast food. And I mean, I guess milk and dairy would be the same thing, but <laughs> <laughs> Cheese all that processed and, yeah. food. Yes. It's well, so meat is expensive. expensive. Yes. It's so expensive. And you know, something that I, that really woke me up, um, is just the cost to the environment. Yeah. Um, we don't even, we don't even think about that a lot of times, but you vote every time you buy food, you know, um, animal agriculture is the most destructive force to the environment far above even the burning of fossil fuels. So just by eating a diet right now, I, I, I have integrity because I eat a diet that doesn't hurt anyone. It doesn't hurt me. It's healing me. It doesn't hurt any animals. Nobody had to die for my dinner. Nobody had to be forced to work in a slaughterhouse and kill, you know, and yeah. all day long. Uh, and it, it's good for the environment. I'm helping save the planet. And that helps the people because when there is environmental destruction, like a superstorm Sandy or Hurricane Katrina, the people who suffer are the are the vulnerable and the poor and the young and the old, you know. And so... Um, I just feel like this is a, a, a diet where you have clean hands, um, as well as clean arteries. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, 
again, you know, there are so many reasons to go plant-based and the only reason I can think of to not go plant-based, it'd be your appetite and that will change. Yeah. We, we get used to what we habitually eat. So they say a little kid needs to taste something between eight and 10 times before they like it, you know, if, unless it's fruit, I would say, (laughs) but, um, your, your tastes really change. You know, the things that I, uh, the things that used to make me salivate now, if I smell like a greasy hamburger or I walk past, it, it literally turns my stomach. Ain't and, that the truth? Yeah. I mean, it just, um, and people always say, oh, I could never give up cheese or whatever. So give up everything but cheese. Yeah. <laughs> Start where you are. Start where you are and just do your best. And if you have a bad day, just use, uh, you know, use a, a bad day as good information and, and make it better the next time. Yeah, you, you'll be surprised with how far you go. It, and just don't give up. You know, it's it's not um, how long it takes to get there. It's just staying on the path. And if you think about if you were if you were hiking up a mountain or something and you fell down, you wouldn't just lay in the dirt and cry and say, I guess I'm stuck here. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully not. Exactly. You'd get back up and you just keep going and it doesn't undo how far you got up the mountain. Um, but I think so many people do that. They're like, Oh, I messed up. So now I just have to go back to eating what I was eating. And, um, the thing is, you are better equipped now. You are that far up the mountain. You can. You are so much better prepared. Yeah. To be successful, and so many people quit. Right. You know, maybe they can't see over the top of the ridge is the top of the mountain, and they they quit when they're just right there. You know. Yeah, again, it's your brain working against you. It's you're falling back into that addiction response. Your brain is saying, "No, I'm going to withhold dopamine so that you yes. will give me this simple sugar that I'm addicted to." And can we talk about dopamine? Because I believe that you need to replace that dopamine that you were getting from the high caloric density food. So I walk, and um, at first. I would walk because, you know, just to preserve my mobility and just to try to get over my diabetes and um, all that stuff. Exercise is huge for every system in your body, right? If you, if you could have a pill that would give people what they get from exercise, it would be worth a million dollars, you know, but uh, it's a gift you can only give yourself. But now I walk, um, for stress relief and for that dopamine and because it feels good to walk, you know, which I never thought, boy, the first time I went for a walk, I remember I walked, um, about possibly a block. Now remember I was 436 pounds. Um, I walked about a block. I was cussing under my breath the whole time. (laughs) It physically hurt. Every single step hurt. All I could think about was stopping. Um, few steps in, I was scary red faced girl huffing and puffing and sounding like Darth Vader. Um, but I'm so glad. I am so glad that I did that. And I just thank the person that I was then for having faith in herself again, because it's so discouraging 
to fall so many times, you know, it's so discouraging. And I'm so grateful that I said, nope, once more into the fray, you know, I'm going to go for it again. I'm so glad that I took that first walk. And now I see myself walking four miles. It just blows my own little mind. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And it feels good. And I walk my little furry personal trainer. I have my, um, I have my rescue dog, Hope, who's a 15 pound fluff ball. (laughs) And uh, she takes me for my walk twice a day. She's very good. Um, but it really replaces the dopamine and it really reduces the stress and it's just so good for you on so many levels. I know the author Julia Cameron talks about a walking meditation Hmm. and I really find that to be so true for me. I work out my problems when I go for my walks. It's a very healing activity that we we were never meant to sit, you know, we're meant to active and moving and, there's this whole thing called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, which is just all your activities of daily living and moving around. And so um, other people that maybe have as much to take off as I did, um, it's really hard to even stand up. I remember I couldn't stand to stand and um, it was really hard to take that walk when I first started. But if you can get up and move as much as you can and then get up and move more tomorrow, boy, that's going to help you with your stress. It's going to help build your dopamine and it's going to be so good for your body. They say sitting is now the new smoking. Like it's yeah. very, very bad for you. Yeah. We're, we're definitely not meant to, to be sitting on our butts all day. We're no. meant to, <laughs> we, we've evolved on like the plains of Africa walking around and foraging food. <laughs> absolutely and we're also not meant to use zero effort to get food right so think about our caveman ancestors they spent pretty much all their time (laughs) getting food until we got um until we got uh agriculture and um so and even then they were they were cultivating their own food you're like it's it's definitely a lot more work to be a farmer in a field without a tractor (laughs) And then contrast that to literally giving zero thought to the fact that you're going to be hungry at a certain time and you just drive through a place and somebody hands you something through a window. Like, (laughs) How much more energy conservation can you possibly have? Well, it's it's getting even worse. Like we can like before you if you wanted to go to the grocery store, you had to get your cart and walk around it. Now, if if you go inside, you can get in one of those trolleys and, and get like the little motorized carts or you can order online and they'll bring it to your car outside and Amazon yeah. I think is getting where they're they'll deliver it right to your door so we're we're actually getting worse and worse towards the energy needed to get food and you know to eat the way that I eat like it's ironic to me I live in Portland Oregon so there are about 75 the last time I counted vegan restaurants and so not just like that offer something vegan but that are that are vegan in the restaurant and there's hardly any that I can go to. I just don't, I don't choose to go to them because I mean, unless they have a salad bar or whatever, but everybody puts oil, everybody puts a lot of salt. And, um, I just don't, I don't choose to, to eat that way. And so 
It's been a really cool thing, actually, preparing all my food, like lovingly taking the time to make the beans, to make the, um, the vegetables. I eat a lot of vegetables. Just that investment of time and energy in yourself is really important. And I think it gives you a very different vibration and feel from the food, you yeah. know, much more nourishing, much more healing because you're investing time and energy and love, you know, Made with <laughs> into, love. yes, absolutely. Yeah. So, so different than scarf it out of a paper carton and then <sighs> go something, you know, um, by you have to throw away all that packaging and everything. That's another thing is my garbage bill went down so much because I don't eat things in packages and cans and bottles. And, um, now I just go to produce sections and, um, the beans and rice section and I'm done. <laughs> That's awesome. And so has your new way of eating impacted your children? Absolutely. So I, um, my kids were raised vegetarian and, uh, my daughter still is. So my daughter is, um, 24 and, uh, has, she, she went away to college and now she's in grad school and it happens that her grad school is in the same town that I'm in. So she, so she did move back home, but it's not like she's moved, you know, yeah. <laughs> living with mom or whatever. Um, and my son is away at college and he has, he went vegan and this is kind of funny. I thought, Oh, he went vegan because of me, <laughs> because I took off all this weight and healed all these health conditions and everything. And he told me, Oh mom, I saw this YouTube from this guy named Dr. Bernard and Oh, I'm vegan now. <laughs> That's awesome. Dr. Isn't Bernard from uh, physicians committee for responsible medicine. Exactly. Yes. And so, you know what? I don't care how you get there. Just get there. But it was, uh, I love it. You just never know when you're planting a seed that's going to grow later on. Yeah. And um, even though my daughter will, you know, have cheese or mostly cheese <laughs> um, <laughs> outside the house, because, you know, this is what, this is a tip for other moms that want their families to eat healthfully. First of all, if that kid is over like age 12 or 13, there's, you, you wouldn't want someone to tell you how to eat, you know, um, you can't really change another person. You can't change your spouse. You can't really change another person. On the other hand, people are inherently happy to eat something that tastes good. So if you're making delicious food that just doesn't have to have any kind of animal products in it. Um, I find that kids eat it without any struggle. You know, it's, um, I just never had a problem with it and I made it so that they could, um, make whatever choice they want when they're not at home. But I explained that I'm not going to be preparing anything with animal foods and I, you know, I'm not going to hurt animals. I'm not going to pay someone to hurt them for me. Um, and you're free to make your own choices outside the home. Um, and what I found is that she eats vegan 90% of the time because mm -hmm. it's way easier on people. If you're making delicious food and you're feeding it to them, they like it. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think that that is, if you did what I did and raised your kids on processed food and maybe feel bad about it now, um, you know, you can control 
you absolutely have the right to control what comes into the house and you can't eat what isn't there. Yeah. So we have, you know, lots of fruit, lots of delicious plant-based food. And if they want something outside of that, then they use their own money and their own <laughs> resources to go get it. And of course, like I said, they're adults now, but I started this when they were, you know, still in high school. Okay. Um, and I went from vegetarian to vegan. So I find that as long as the food is yummy, your family will come along. But it's not okay, I don't think, to tell your spouse or something like that that they have to eat like you. I mean, I don't know. It just, to me, I wouldn't want someone else to tell me I had to be paleo or I had to be whatever. Yeah. Yeah. But little kids, I definitely, if I had it to do over, I would have just had plant-based kids, period, end of story. Hindsight's twenty twenty. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But I couldn't give what I didn't have, you know, sure. at the time. I was so hopelessly addicted myself, and when I knew better, I did better. And I that has to be okay, because I do have a lot of guilt about that, you know? I do. I do worry about that. I think everyone who transitions, they look back on the past and think, oh man, I could have been so much better than I was. Right. Yeah. And how much time did I waste, you know, just being in pain, being miserable, feeling so bad about myself? Gosh. Yeah. If they, if I get a time machine, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you would be the most rich person in the world. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> so I ask my guests um, when they're on if they were to boil it down to one piece of advice for pathmenders who are either on the fence or just about to transition, just starting their transition, what would that advice be? Absolutely. My number one piece of advice is to be consistent and persistent. So consistent is doing everything you know how to do to the best of your ability and keeping that up every single day, you know, the walk every single day, make it non-negotiable, make plant food non-negotiable. And then when you do inevitably have problems, learn to rest, not to quit, learn to get right back on as soon as you can. And without drama, without beating yourself up, you know, um, think of it like how if a little baby was starting to walk, when they fall down, do you say, you know, well, clearly you'll never be able to walk because (laughs) you just fell down and um, then you carry them around for the rest of it. No, you know, you just, you dust yourself off, you try again and, just stick with it. Stick with it. You are worth it. And if I could give this feeling of not feeling like a slave to food, give this feeling of not being um, carrying around all those pounds of pain, every kind of pain in my body, feeling great, feeling free. If I could bottle that up or put it in a pretty gift box with a bow and give that to you. I would love (laughs) to be able to do that, but it's a gift you have to give yourself and just realize you are worth it. And you are so much stronger than, you know, you're so much stronger than, you know, so much of what we've thought has just been weak will or, 
you know, oh, I just, I can't control myself or something like that. If you could even give yourself three days of just eating very clean, unprocessed, plant-based diet, you will find that you feel so much better and you will realize that it was the food. Yeah. It was the food that was doing it to you. That's great advice. Thank you. Well, you know, it's a, it's been a long and winding road. (laughs) I hope that somebody can, um, benefit from my path. They, you know, I just, now that's my, my goal is just to help people and encourage people. And especially the people like me that have, have the long road, you know, have the hundred, the 200, the 300 to go. Yeah, We can do this and we don't have to have gastric bypass and we don't have to eat keto or paleo or <laughs> all the things that so many doctors told us that we had to do. And Well, mend- mending your path doesn't have to be, you don't have to have a straight path. It can definitely have some twists and turns as long as you're continuing to put in the effort to, to mend your path and try to find, try to make a better you. Yes. Right? Hallelujah for the winding path. <laughs> sometimes winding is a little more fun (laughs) yes absolutely well i don't know if it was i wish i could i wish i could have made a beeline i I could have been one of those ones that get it and if you are one of those ones bless you but um if you you know i feel like some of some of it is that relapse is just part of the deal Hmm. and the more the quicker you can handle relapse the faster you can stop beating yourself up, forgive yourself and just get back on with it already yeah. is, is going to be so crucial to your success in the long run. Well, it may be almost beneficial to have small so-called practice relapses with relatively minor issues so that when inevitably you face some serious challenges in your life that you're better equipped to be able to handle that. You know, and what that is such a healthy way to look at it because it is true that every time I made a mistake, it just gave me information that I was later able to use to say, you know, I'm not doing that again. Yeah. <laughs> and um, every time you do get better, you know, they even say like with smokers, even the even when people are they have a relapse and they go back to smoking or something. Every time, every successive attempt after that, that they try to quit smoking, they're more, they're more likely to be successful. So I really think that's true with trying to make any positive change for your life, like take off pounds or the more, as long as you're persistent, you will win. Yeah. It just never give up. Continue to try. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for talking with me and Amended Path listeners here today, Heather. It's been my pleasure. Well, that's all the time we have for this week. Thanks so much for tuning in to the Mended Pass podcast at www.menditpass.com. Don't forget to check out the Mended Pass resource page at www.menditpass.com forward slash resources. There you'll find many resources that can help you on your journey back to better. See you all next time. Visit Mendipass.com and get back to better.